Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, let's get to today's show. On today's show, we've got some Twitter questions a brief preview of the Vikings' upcoming matchup against the Panthers. And to close the show, we will be joined by Dean Jones of CatCrave.com to get some more info on the Panthers and what the Vikings can expect from their next opponent. Okay, let's get to some Twitter questions first. The first question comes from Elliot, and he asks, What are your thoughts on the hypothetical Daniil Hunter trades, taking into account his neck injury and his salary? Uh, First off, I do not think the Vikings should trade Daniel Hunter. He is still only 26 years old. Uh, he had He's had 29 sacks in his last two seasons on the field. Um, I just I think he's an important part of that defense and he's, he's just too valuable and, and too young to, to just send to another team. Uh, if they do trade him, the Vikings would probably need at least a first round pick in return. Um, just because of his age and his talent and his contract, because his cap hit in 2021 is only 17.75 million, and that's just the tenth highest in 2021 among defensive ends in the NFL. Frank Clark and Demarcus Lawrence both have cap hits over 25 million in 2021, so that contract makes him, you know, just as valuable as the talent that he actually possesses. Um, so I just don't think Hunter gets traded unless unless he refuses to play. Uh, without a new contract, but I think him having this neck injury that took away an entire season kind of removed some of his leverage as well. I do think the Vikings might give him, you know, a pretty good raise, but I don't think that it's going to come down to Hunter getting traded just because he doesn't seem like that kind of player where, you know, it's either pay me or trade me. He just, he's never come off that way. And I think they'll be able to figure some things, you know, behind closed doors to, to make everyone happy. And the next question comes from Andy, and he asks, With the offense playing out of its mind, what can the defense do slash change up to at least give give the Vikings, you know, more chances to hold on to wins? Play calling, personnel, schemes, you know, what can they do? So due to the inexperience, I don't think there's much the defense can do differently right now. They kind of just have to roll with what they've got and just hope the defense progresses in the right direction, you know, over these next six weeks. What I would like to see, though, from the defense is for them to call more blitzes. It's something I felt like worked during the Vikings' three-game winning streak, and then it felt like they didn't really utilize it as much in their loss to the Cowboys. You know, I don't have the exact numbers in front of of me, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did run as many blitzes. They just weren't as successful as they were in the previous three weeks, but it just felt like they didn't blitz as much last week compared to what they did during the previous three games. So so blitzing more is something that I would just like to see from the Vikings defense moving forward. Okay, that's going to do it for Twitter questions today. Just a couple that 
I wanted to answer. Um, so let's move on to this week's game preview. All right, so this week the Vikings are taking on the 4-7 and seven Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are coming off a 20 to nothing win over the Detroit Lions. Mm, it's the Lions, so you can think of that, you know, however you you may wish. Uh, the victory over the Lions was the first for Carolina since Week Five because the Panthers actually started the season three and two, but since then they have lost five of their last six games. Uh, right now, the Panthers' offense ranks twenty-first in scoring, nineteenth in total yards, seventeenth in passing, and twentieth in rushing. The Panthers defense ranks 15th in points allowed, 18th in yards allowed, 19th in passing yards allowed, and 17th in rushing yards allowed. The Panthers defense also has the second worst third down conversion rate allowed in the NFL right now. On Sunday, Carolina will be without star running back Christian McCaffrey as he is still dealing with a shoulder injury, so that's a break for the Vikings. The Panthers are expected, though, to have Teddy Bridgewater back starting under center after he missed last week's game with a minor knee injury. Uh, But did we really think that Teddy was going to miss an opportunity to play against the Vikings? No, come on. All right, so in 10 starts this season, Teddy is completing 72.1% of his passes for 13 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. Robbie Anderson leads the Panthers in catches this year with 71, while DJ Moore currently leads Carolina in receiving yards and touchdown catches. Curtis Samuel is also having a productive season this year for the Panthers with 49 catches for 445 yards and 5 total touchdowns. On the defensive side of the ball, the Vikings will have to worry about Panthers defensive lineman Brian Burns. He currently leads Carolina with six sacks, and he and he's also come up with five tackles for a loss this season. Dante Jackson leads the Panthers in interceptions with three this year, and Shaq Thompson's 84 tackles are the most of any Carolina defender this season. It will likely be a close game as FanDuel currently has the Vikings only favored by three and a half points. But that's enough from me, so let's get to this week's guest for more on the Panthers. Alright, joining the show now to help us get more familiar with the Vikings' next opponent is someone who not only creates content for us here at the Viking Age, but he also runs the fan-sided site that covers the Carolina Panthers, the catcrave.com. So, welcome to the show, Mr. Dean Jones. Happy to be here. Thanks, Adam. All right. Okay. Dean is like myself, and then he roots for the Vikings, but he doesn't live in Minnesota, except Dean doesn't even live in this country. He lives all the way over in England. So, Dean, uh, when the Vikings have to play on, let's say, a Sunday night or a, a Monday night, when does that game typically start out where you're living? Uh, if it's if it's prime time, probably uh, about one fifteen to one thirty a.m. Depend, depending on on the time. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of um, tired early mornings. Uh, whenever that comes. Yeah. Do you but, stay up? Do you stay up for those? Yeah, yeah. For most of them. Wow. Uh, d- d- depending what I've got on in work the next day, but um, it'll always get recorded and watched the day after. But um, more often than not, I mean, I stay home. Uh, stay up. Sorry. But then um, 
sometimes like the Philadelphia playoff game yeah. uh, a few years back, you can always you can always go to bed early when things go like that. So that's the <laughs> silver what? silver lining in the disaster. If that was why what happened. I don't remember anything that happened. That I can't happened. either. It's yeah. a, it's a repressed memory along with many others. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, just curious because I'm sure some people are listening to this. You know, you're over in England. How how did you start? You know, rooting for the Vikings. Um, well, I've, I've always started listening, uh, watching NFL um, as a, as a young lad. Really, my uh, my father, my dad was into it. Uh, he's a big 49ers fan, mm. um, so that was so that was always on every Sunday. And obviously, they were doing really well. Um, but sort of started sort of really getting interested in the Vikings sort of around the time they start they um, got going with sort of Randy Moss and sort of the Dalton Culpepper, Randall Cunningham era. Um, just really captured my imagination, uh, sort of Chris Carr as well. I mean, the uh, sensational hands and obviously with that defence with John Randall as well, um, just, just bringing sort of bringing that energy and it's sort of captivated me ever since really, uh, even despite the despite the Gary Anderson field goal miss, you sort of, you sort of become attached anyway. But And that's sort of been part of, part of the course with how things have gone, I guess. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Yeah, breaking your heart ever since. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so what um, What other American teams do you root for, you know, in other sports? Uh, the Knicks, sadly. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it sort of sounds like I'm a glum for punishment a little bit, I know. But um, yeah, sort of, I was really into basketball, sort of, because it, sort of, it was Kobe Bryant that actually got me into mm-hmm. it. But sort of those sort of hard-ass Knicks teams, like Charles Oakley and yeah, Anthony Alan Mason Houston. and Patrick Ewing and all them, they they sort of really, really captured sort of my my interest as well. And yeah, I've been following them ever since as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, if the Vikings are bad, I mean that's sort of that's on a completely different level. And you're sort of just just waiting, hoping for something to change there. But whether it ever will with James Dolan, there we never know. But but I digress anyway. For sure. Well, compared to the you know the Knicks, the Vikings are like. A powerhouse. Oh, yes, so stable. I mean, yeah, <laughs> looked like uh, looked like the New England Patriots uh, yeah. compared to success the Knicks have had over the years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into this weekend's game uh, between the Vikings and Panthers. FanDuel currently has the Vikings favored by three and a half points over the Panthers, who are coming in with a four and seven record. Uh, but they did just beat the Lions twenty to nothing. Um, I don't know how much how exciting of a win that is since it's over the Lions. But uh, for those listening who maybe aren't as familiar with the Panthers this year, could you maybe you know share a summary of how their season has gone so far? Uh, yeah, so pretty much as expected, really. Obviously, massive changes there um, in the offseason um, with Cam Newton, Luke Keechley, uh, Greg Olson all leaving. I mean, they've been such a big part of the franchise um, during sort of the last decade under Ron Rivera. Um but kind of, it was something that was kind of needed. I mean, I don't know how much you watched them last season, but I got to watch them quite a bit and sort of researching uh, the job before I took over at Catcrave, and it was just just so flat. I mean, they had so many so many veterans there who were past their prime, like Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy and players like that, and um, some fresh ideas were needed. I mean, it's been really bold from uh, the owner David Tepper and Marty Herney there to to make all these moves at the same time. Um, and the season's sort of gone as expected, really. I mean, they've, they've been really competitive against some good teams. 
um, with, without sort of getting over the line, sort of in, in big moments, sort of at the Chiefs and sort of in week one against the Raiders as well. That was a game they really should have won. Um, I, I don't know if they've got enough sort of to contend for the postseason next year. I think this is another really important off-season period for them. Uh, they should have a little bit more money to sort of financially to sort of be bigger players in free agency and it looks like they're going to get a high draft pick as well. Um, so whether they'll use that on uh, perhaps another defensive lineman or they they desperately, desperately need a pass catching tight end. They've missed Greg Olsen um, so much. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, it, sh- it should be a really good game. I mean, they're a fun team to watch, don't get me wrong. Um, without without results sort of going their way, I mean, so some of the young players have got their got their have really shone through this year. So yeah, it should be an exciting one, despite uh, the records of both teams going in. But you kind of compare the Panthers of this year maybe to you know the Vikings in 2014 during Mike Zimmer's first year when they were just kind of getting things to sort of be how he wants them. And actually, you know what, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback of that team. Would you kind of compare the two teams and, and think that they're kind of similar? Yeah, I think I'm, 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 te- I'm Teddy's good for that. I mean, um, obviously his games had to adapt a little bit because of the injury, but um, he's a stable presence under centre. He doesn't, he's not going to make many mistakes. Uh, he's good to have with a, a, during this period of transition, really. I mean, whether he's going to, He's going to have enough in his locker to sort of get them to that next step and being a sort of serious uh, playoff challenger or not. Uh, only time will tell, really. But um, yeah, I can see similarities. I mean, that it was a huge job when Mike Zimmer took over. Um, I mean, I mean, there was a mess there, um, but they did really well. Um, I think him, his relationship with Rick Spielman's uh, been sort of key to that as well. Um, so whether uh, Matt Rawl and I know Matty Hearney's out of contract this spring as well. So whether um, owner David Tepper is going to sort of give him another deal or go in a different different direction or not, um, I'm not too sure. But yeah, there are definitely similar similarities between the two. I'd say. All right. So this weekend, Christian McCaffrey is expected to be out. I think Matt Rule just like just recently before we started recording said he's not going to play. Um, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, uh, but Teddy Bridgewater seems closer to playing. Um, oh yeah, he's not missing. T- t- Teddy's not missing this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we we all knew that he's not going to miss his his return to you know U.S. Bank Stadium, um, a stadium he's never started in because he got hurt um, during the year where it opened. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's got two years left on his contract with the Panthers after this year. Um, do you believe he will remain the starting quarterback for each of the next two seasons with the Panthers, or do you think maybe they'll look into a different direction, maybe during the upcoming draft and try and add a young young quarterback from from the next draft to kind of groom and then replace Teddy after maybe a year or two? Um, it's really hard to say at the moment. I mean, he's walked into this sort of he's walked into this gig on a hide into nothing, really. I mean, when you're replacing someone like Cam Newton. And especially the way Cam was treated. Um, I mean, they could have released him the day after they signed Bridgewater, to be honest, rather than sort of trying to get trade value for a player who hadn't played for two years, really. And um, it left him with very little alternative other than sort of the Patriots. And I mean, he's done okay there, but you can see the limitations of sort of the players around him. Um, But whether Teddy will be, be the man, I mean... 
he's he's a good game manager. Sort of, he's accurate with the ball. He's he's good for a period of transition like this. Um, but he's never going to win anyone over. I mean, that's the sort of that's the sort of attitude um, some Panthers fans have. And given how loyal they are to Newton, who's obviously done so much for the franchise, and and some of them are still not happy that he wasn't given another shot with Rule, and especially with Joe Brady, who I think had more of a say in Bridgewater coming than probably Rule did. I, I don't think Matt Rule would have got Joe Brady if he didn't get Teddy Bridgewater with him in the off season. So. Um, I'm going to say they've got bigger needs elsewhere that they're not going to draft anyone in with a sort of a, a top three within the first three or four rounds this year. I mean, they can't. Um, they need they need a defensive tackle to replace K1 Shaw, who's, I think he's counting something like 20.83 million against the cap next year. So he'll be, he'll be gone. I mean, he, he's played um, five or six games in two years. So he, he'll, they just kind of can't, justify that financial outlay for him. Um, they need someone to replace Luke Keishley because Tahir Whitehead, I mean, oh, I, I, he's just been, I mean, I, I've seen some bad linebackers in my, I've been spoiled for linebackers in Minnesota over the years, but yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he's just been sh- absolutely shocking. I mean, he's got, <laughs> I, th- I think his PFF grade is probably the worst in the league uh, at the time he, he was benched. It was something like in the mid twenties, which which I'd never really seen from anyone other than sort of a rotational player. But he was sort of playing most of the snaps. So, but he's been phased out, thankfully. Uh, Jermaine Carter played there against Detroit and looked really good. So, um, I'm going to say he'll be a starter next year, but he might not be the starter in 2022. I mean, they have got an out regarding his contract as well mm-hmm. at that time. So, um, but I just don't think Carolina can justify using a top end pick on a quarterback who's not going to be sort of a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, same on the same sort of lines. But um, aside from Teddy, uh, which Panthers offensive player do you think maybe is capable of of having a a big day against the Vikings on Sunday? Um, I think any of the wide receivers trio. Um, Jeff Gladney's been absolutely fantastic the last few weeks, but he can't cover them all. Um, DJ Moore's been um, superb over the last sort of fortnight. Um, his route running has improved so much from last year, and he looks he, he really does look the part now. Uh, Robbie Anderson has actually done really well as well. Uh, he started off... Um, like a house on fire. I mean, it's kind of dipped since because um, sort of teams are getting film on sort of how he's how he's getting open. I mean, you can get open so quickly. I've not I've I've not seen that much of him. Uh, the Jets. I mean, because who watches the Jets? Do you know what I mean? So, and he sort of had a reputation as sort of a deep route threat, and that was all. But his 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 ability to get open, sort of almost off the line of scrimmage, has, has been really impressive as well. And then obviously you've got Curtis Samuel, who's kind of the do-it-all weapon. Um, he can carry out the backfield. He can make make good gains over the slot or, or on the outside as well. So I think they've really got to keep those three quiet somehow. I mean, I know the cornerback unit's banged up and just not playing well, but um, I just think if they if Teddy can get it out quickly, um, he's, the, the offensive line has, has been okay. Um 
but they can sort of collapse under pressure when the game's on the line. So if Teddy can get it out to those three earlier, I think he could have some success. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings did decent against the the Cowboys. They could yeah. have a trio of receivers as well, but Andy Dalton was able to get the ball out quick, and that's probably something that the Panthers are going to do, you know, again on Sunday because that seemed to. You know, get rid of any sort of pass rush that the the Vikings had because during their three wins they had a pretty good pass rush, but yeah, yeah, um, sure. just, it wasn't the case against the Cowboys because they were just getting the ball out. They weren't focused on getting the ball downfield. They were just trying to get the ball out as quickly as possible. Um, is there anything the Panthers do well on either offense or defense that that could make a big difference uh, against the Vikings? Um, I think their athleticism on defense has, has improved, and that's. That's sort of covering up some of their failings, really. Um, they've they've got at least one athletic player on in each positional group, which is which is really helping them because there's a couple there who aren't aren't going to be around next year. I mean, I don't know how much you've seen of Brian Burns this year, but he's he's absolutely he is frightening. Like he he reminds me of uh, Daniel Hunter a little bit when he came into the league. Oh wow! Um, only a, a bit more explosive, I'd say. Uh, I mean his 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 ability to go for block quick. I mean I, I haven't seen anything like that in quite a while, and I've been watching watching football for a long time. He's his abilities. He can get to the spot quickly, but it's just finishing plays is his problem. I mean once once he can do that, then he's he's going to be almost unstoppable. So he'd be definitely a player to watch. Uh, he comes off the left, um, so Brian O'Neill's going to have his work out. I think. Uh, even though he's been playing to a pretty high level as well lately, so um, and then obviously you've got Jeremy Chin uh, at the second level, um, rookie outside linebacker came in at safety, but um, I mean he's he, he he is so physical. I mean for a safety to, I mean I, I don't even think he played uh, outside linebacker in high school, but he's he just flies around everywhere and. Um, he's going to be an absolute star in the league, and obviously, I don't know if Dante Jackson is going to be able to to play. Um, but they've got Russell Douglas, who who didn't make the Eagles roster, uh, but has come in uh, on the recommendation of one of the coaches. I think he was in Philly with him, um, and he's 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 been fantastic. They've they've asked him to do a lot of cover cover um, against sort of the top the opposition's top receiver. And uh, he's done a really good job overall, apart from um, when Antonio Brown just tormented him against the Bucks. Um, and then on the back end, you've got Justin Burris, who's um, he was a free agent signer from the Cleveland Browns, who's who sort of played really well as well of late. So, yeah, I mean, the athleticism can really, really do some damage, providing they get some momentum early. I mean, the games with Carolina haven't been sort of productive and perform well this year is when teams have got on top of the early and sort of negated some of the good things they do on defence. Um, and obviously they've had trouble stopping the run as well at times. So that's something that the Vikings can definitely exploit with Darwin Cook. Yeah, I was just going to ask you um, what's something the Panthers do poorly that the, the Vikings can exploit on Sunday. I think you kind of just alluded to it with the, you know, stopping the run so they're they're not the greatest at uh stopping the run in Dalvin Cook no I mean it's, it's 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 improved from last year um they, they were absolutely abysmal stopping the run last year but it's improved a little bit uh Derek Brown's uh, a big part of that I mean he's a he was the number seven overall pick um tough body to move off the block I mean he doesn't offer much in the way of sort of pass rushing uh at the moment so I think they need to get a three technique in either in free agency or the draft to complement him. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's a big body that takes some movement, but it's it's stopping the run on the edge. I mean, um, for example, sort of in week one when they played the Raiders, uh, it took John Gruden about four plays to realise he wasn't getting anything at the middle, and once they once he got Josh Jacobs out on the edge a lot. Um, they get a lot of joy. I mean, Shaq Thompson's improved a lot over the last couple of weeks, uh, coincidentally, since uh, to hear Wyatt has not been in the team. Um, <laughs> but Wyatt has just really, really struggled and uh, he's he was a real weak, weak link. But it looks like Jermaine Carter is uh, trying to make up for lost time after he was strangely not used for most of, most of the season prior to that. So I'd say that was a, a definite area as well. Um, and the left side of the protection... Uh, I don't know if Russell King's going to play. He's missed the last few games. Um, but Chris Reed's a weak link at left guard uh, that the Vikings can, can, can exploit. Um, and whoever plays left tackle, I mean, Trent Scott and Greg Little have been alternating, but neither of them look like they're going to be sort of the long-term answer, really. So if I was if I was looking to exploit one area of the of the offensive line, that would definite, definitely be it. All right, so what do you think is probably going to make the difference uh, in the result of Sunday's matchup between the Vikings and Panthers? Um, I think it's all about momentum. I mean, who gets who gets early momentum? I mean, if the Vikings can get ahead early and and keep relying on Darwin Cook, um, I know he got sort of 30 carries against against the Bears. but Against I the mean, Bears, and I think he had uh, another... What do you have, 25, 27 against the... Yeah, and like, yeah, and sort of Carolina is sort of feeling the effects of that for giving Christian McCaffrey too much of mm-hmm. that now mm-hmm. with how much he's he's being out. I mean, I don't know how feasible that is um, going forward, but if they can get out it get out ahead early and keep pounding McCaffrey, uh, sorry, not McCaffrey, Cook. I mean, that'll <laughs> that'll give them a great chance. That that'd be some backfield, wouldn't it, Cook and McCaffrey? Oh boy! But, um, yeah, I think I think that's probably the best chance. I mean, Carolina need to. Um, not go away from the run game. I mean, Mike, Mike Davis has, has played well at times um, when McCaffrey's not been in and that's opened things up. I mean, because the first game they didn't have McCaffrey, um, teams just didn't load the box at all and Mike Davis punished them, which is uh, a trend that stopped sort of almost immediately after once obviously teams got some film on it, on just what he could do. I mean, he's, he's quick-footed, he's physical, uh, you can catch out the backfield, so um, Joe Brady doesn't really have to um, change much of the playbook when Davis is in instead of McCaffrey. So I think that's going to be key, and obviously getting the wide receivers involved, getting getting Teddy comfortable early. He'll he'll be he'll be nervous, um, <laughs> regardless of sort of how calm he is. I mean, you know how just how calm his demeanour is, but they'll be. I mean, he, he'd be lying if he yeah he'll, he'll be he'd be lying if he wasn't uh, a little bit nervous going into this one. Um, there, at least there won't be any fans there, though. Yeah, but it's it's, it's the Vikings, isn't it? I mean, it's it it doesn't matter. I mean, I think he'd probably get a hero's reception, even if even if sort of he. Just, oh yeah, he would. After all he'd been through, I mean, you, yep. you only have to see sort of on Twitter the sort of affinity to which Vikings fans still hold him in. Um, I mean, there's some people who are hoping when his contract runs out in Carolina, he comes back to the Vikings. So yeah, his Kirk, Kirk's out the year after, isn't he? I think. Is it, is it the same year or a year after? Cousins is done, I think, 20... Cousins has two more years, I think, after yeah, this. Yeah. So so does Teddy. So Interesting, yeah. It'd be interesting. <laughs> <that one. laughs> well, 
I'm sure no one will talk about that at all between, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. Much, much uh, like the 49ers trade rumors. Right, right, right. No one, yeah. we've, we've, we haven't even, we've never written about that. So, <laughs> um, on a scale of one to 10, what do you think your confidence level is in the Panthers uh, beating the Vikings? Oh, um, I'd probably say about six. I mean, six? yeah, I'd say good, about though. six. I mean, they, I think the win on Sunday will have done them the world of good. I know they'd lost five prior to that, but like I say, they were coming up against you. You had the Chiefs, you had the Bucks, mm-hmm. you had some real, real legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and they went toe to toe with them almost all the way. Especially Kansas City. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll be kicking themselves how that game ended. Um, so yeah, they, they they can definitely give the Vikings problems, um, but um, it just all depends on sort of how much confidence they can gain from that because at the end of the day it's still it's still a young roster who are, who are learning as they go so um, that's probably why there's been so much up and down this year is because they've obviously lost most of their experienced leaders um, in free agency and obviously Keechley's retirement so um, yeah it's a work in progress but they've definitely got a chance all right, that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Follow Dean on Twitter at Dean Jones underscore. Uh, make sure to follow his stuff on Cat Crave and here on the Viking Age. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are available. But until next time, we're going to talk to you later. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.